Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board as we're cruising along in November. A nice win, a bounce-back win for the Eagles, 5-4 and four now in the season, 17-3 victory over Virginia Tech. Obviously, big news, Phil Jakovic uh, started, uh, kind of like a last-minute call, and uh, played pretty well. The Eagles got a nice boost from him and a nice win. So, with that, we have Scott Mutrin. You, you know him, former BC quarterback, uh, Learfield Network for the sports radio broadcast, all the games. We're so lucky enough to have him on. But first, let me just remind you, BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up, get more details. The tailgates have moved inside now on campus for the home games. There's also tailgates on, on the road as well. Uh, so the everything, all the information, bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. Okay, with that now, we welcome in Scott Butrin. Scott, an exciting Friday night in the Heights. Oh, to say the least, um, you know, you have Red Bandana night, Crowther family in attendance, and then BC gets uh, Phil Dracovic back, which, you know, when that, that announcement was made, and, and kudos to, you know, to the uh, the the game the game day announcing for uh, for BC they uh, they let it, the drama build up and uh, when they announced him the whole place went went crazy and it was uh, it was such a great reception for him and well deserved it was it was nice to see him back as a fan but I even think his teammates really were happy happy to see him back as well and you know it was interesting it came out after the fact that he he did practice um, with the team for most of the week so. Uh, it sounded like the team kind of wasn't too, too surprised. But you're right. It's got to be uplifting. And I guess from your perspective as a QB, just how big a factor is that going into the game? Oh, I mean, it's the <clears throat> it's the biggest that you can get. They got to understand something. You know, as we went over a lot of stuff last week about the quarterback position, um, there, there's a certain thing and there's a certain label that comes with that position and a certain standing. And it's not just what you can physically bring to the table. Like, that's an important quality. Don't get me wrong. You have to have a skill set, yes. But the biggest quality that you can have as a successful quarterback is getting the other 10 guys in the huddle on offense to believe that no matter what happens, that this is the guy that's going to help them to win the game. And then when that trickles over to the defense and to the coaching staff and to the special teams, that's, an in, that's infectious in a, in a positive way. And when you have a guy that brings that sort of belief and faith, for lack of a better word, um, that, it's tough to quantify that. You really can't put a number on that, but you can see it. And you can see it as having played and going back and seeing when a guy comes and the difference that they can make when they're on the field by just their presence is something that is – indescribable unless you're in the in the room and have you seen it or have you watched it go but when you see it you can totally describe it and you know that feeling and 
Philbin, you know, didn't need to do much. He didn't have to do much, but what he brought was so much more than just his physical ability to the game, and I think that it was fairly evident um, as the game went on. Great segue to my next question. Let's break it down, Phil. 7 of 13, 112 yards. You mentioned not too much. Do you think that was kind of the game plan, kind of ease him in a little bit and maybe have him take off next couple of weeks? Um, I, I think that, you know, he's been, he hasn't had the practice reps a ton. He did get the practice. He has thrown the ball a little bit before he, you know, he wasn't, he didn't just pick up a ball on Monday and start on Friday. Um, he had been throwing and rehabbing, but he did get to practice some last week. He didn't get a ton of reps and you could see on certain moments and throws his first inter his interception that he threw was something that that's a practice throw that he's probably made and been successful at. And uh, during a game, the game goes a little bit faster. And I think that's something that you expect ever having not have, after having not played for a while, um, that those things kind of happen. So, um, but that being said, he still was able to cr- connect on some deep passes that really, really opened up the rest of the running game, allowed Patrick Garwood to have a huge game. Um, and the offensive line really controlled uh, that side of the ball. But, I mean, you could just see it is that his ability and the BC offense as a whole, when they're able to hit those big plays, it just changes the whole dynamic of their offense, and it really allows them to be at their best. Other part of the offense, you have to, the rushing. To me, watching, it seemed like the offensive line really had a good game. Uh, 54 carries, 234 yards. Garo had 30 carries, 116 yards. Uh, just your thoughts on the offensive line and the rushing game from the BC perspective. Yeah, and they did well, and Phil as a runner was very valuable. I mean, he made some great plays with his feet. He scored a touchdown, but... He also converted a third down where he was dead to right about four different times, and he broke tackles. And Phil's not Lamar Jackson by any way, shape, or form, <laughs> but he's elusive, and he's tough to bring down. And that ability to to improvise and make plays uh, when it breaks down is, is Phil at his best. Uh, that's when you see what, what Phil does and what he brings to the table and you, and what BC has been lacking since he's been out since the UMass game. So... Um, I think that his ability to run the football is something that they missed, and they actually used that in the running game. He had over 60 yards rushing, too, and that when that happens, it keeps the defense honest as well, not just with the big plays, but them not being able to just kind of take away BC's bread and butter inside and outside zone game. So that, that was something that, that was added to the, to the dimension of the offense as well. Okay, defensive side, obviously great effort, only allowing three points. Uh, where do you fall on this? Interest your take was it was it more BC dominating Scott or was Virginia Tech just kind of laid an egg on the offensive side? Well, I think it's probably a little bit of both. They lose their quarterback. Uh, Burmeister got hurt in the first quarter. Uh, didn't come back into the game. They didn't complete a pass till thirty seconds left in the half. They had three yards passing in the first half, fifty three, I think, for the game. Um, their their backup quarterback is young. He, you know, BC kind of knew what what was what was happening. They were daring him to throw the football, and you know, as BC fans, we've seen that all too often. So there, it's not like we felt sorry for them because we've been on the other end of that game for a long time. So um, I think uh, the defense played exceptionally well. They got to the quarterback. They were good versus the running game. Uh, 
they played exceptionally well. Their numbers in, you know, for the year are starting to, to look pretty darn good. Uh, you know, people can say, well, it's the first four games of the year, but look at their numbers in ACC play. They've, they've actually done well. Now, is some of that because teams have run the ball well on them? Probably. But as has they done a good job in defending people in, in the passing game? Yeah, they've, they've done a really good job. Uh, they got two interceptions from Malik Cunningham, who's, who's done well this year. Uh, they held Syracuse in check throwing the football. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, as you go down this week to Georgia Tech, Jeff Sims can throw the football, but um, kind of similar to Malik Cunningham. How's BC going to, are they going to continue to be able to do that and generate some stops and, and cause some issues? Because the secondary has played exceptionally well. Uh, they've lost some guys. I mean, they're down a ton of guys. You're down uh, Brandon Sebastian. Uh, you're down Jason Matry. You're down Jamin, Jamin Muse. Like, you're down a lot of guys back there, and they're still being able to, to compete at a high level and, and really uh, do some good work back there in the secondary especially. But you're starting to see some of these young guys grow up and starting to make some impact during the game. And to try to put a bow tie now on this Virginia Tech game, just take, for folks who weren't there, just take us into the atmosphere, alumni stadium. It feels like the student student section, the crowds are really, really good. But coming, you know, coming off a team that's lost four straight, I was really impressed. Uh, red bandana and the whole atmosphere on a Friday night in Chestnut Hill. Yeah, the red bandana game is just—I mean, it's so special when you see the videos they play, you see the Crowther family, and all of that that comes with it. It's just something that, and unless you're there, it's really tough to, to, to describe, right? It wasn't a sold-out crowd. And Friday night games are obviously tough because it's not easy to get from Boston on a Friday night to a, to a 7.30 game based on the traffic and all that other things that come with it. But once you're inside the, the campus and then you get inside the stadium, it's just to feel that elect, electricity and then to see the, them come out in those uniforms, it's it's a special game, and no matter what happens in that game, I think it's it's an honor for the for the players to be a part of it. They realize that they're part of something bigger than football. They realize that they're part of a legacy towards a a guy who paid the ultimate sacrifice and gave up so much to save other lives, put other lives ahead of his, paid the ultimate sacrifice, um, and that is something that's chilling. It's humbling. Um, and it's an honor to, to be associated with something like that. There's no other way to describe that is that it's just you're honored to wear that BC uniform in that game, in that format, that there's something that there's moments you'll remember for the rest of your life and you'll carry with you. And I think that game is something that every single player uh, remembers, knows, and it doesn't just last that three and a half hours on, on Friday night. It's something that lasts with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, well said, Scott. You know, what always gets me about that is, you know, um, he, he was clear at 9-11. He was, you know, he was uh, Wells. He was he was out there. He made it safe. But he turned around and went back in. And that is a uh, just something in him. You know, I don't know what it was. It made him turn around. You know, that's it's tough to realize. But uh, there's something about powerful about that story. And he went, you know, he lost his life saving others. Yeah, and that's. We always wonder, as human beings, and we've played this game many, many a times, it's, what would I do in this situation? Would I have done that? Would I have left? Would I have gone? Would I have helped? You don't know unless you're in that moment. We'd all like to think and say that we, we would, right? 
but you never know until you're in that moment and, and you're faced with that ultimate challenge. Like this is, this isn't a, I'm going to, you know, hurt my leg or get, you know, injured and have to get surgery or something and come back in a couple months or a year. This is a life, a life decision. Yeah. I could, I, I could not come back if I go in there and to, to know that and to be able to, to do that in that moment when there's so much going on and the chaos and everything that's, that's going on. Um, to me, it's, you know, I, I, that's the thing that gets me the most. Uh, and that's the thing that, that always sticks with me is that I'd like to think that I would have had that courage and that bravery, but I don't know. And, and you, you, you ask yourself that and you know, well, this guy did it. And the fact that he did that, he's a hero. And, and so many, I mean, it's tough to call someone that's younger than you a hero, but in your eyes, right? Because we always consider heroes to be someone that's older that we've always seen and done, but that's a hero. And that's something that you, you tell, I tell my kids that this is, you know, this is someone that you should aspire to be, uh, someone that's, um, that's willing to put their lives, other people's lives ahead of their own, be able to sacrifice and the better of other others. Uh, to do that it's not easy to do it, it takes a lot to do that and you have to you, you have to really take inventory of who you are as a person and it's something that you know you you want to follow and you want to you want to emulate even if it's just a quarter of that you know god willing none of our you know none of my children or you know, your children in the future will ever have to to have that decision but it's someone that they should emulate and and someone that they should try to to know that they can make a difference and they can impact other people's lives in other ways. And they should really focus on that because we're, we're not here very long in the grand scheme of things, but if you can impact someone's lives and you can save someone's life or make someone else's life better, um, then you've left this place better than where you found it. And I, I think that that's the ultimate goal for everybody. We all want to win football games and we all want to be, you know, uh, cheered and adored by fans. But in the end, the real testament of life is, do you make a difference in someone's life? Do you change someone's life? Do you help somebody, whether that make them a better person or help them along the way? And if you do that, that's a true testament of being a great person is helping someone um, in a time of, of, of need. Yeah, well said, Scott. Well said. It, it puts things in, pers- in perspective, too. You know, a 35 to win a football game, not a big deal compared to when buildings are collapsing in lower Manhattan. Uh, you know, I can't believe it's 20 years ago, too, now. That's and the crazy. Football game, yeah, absolutely. And, it, and the football aspect is important because that's something that people care about, and you can provide some joy and some, um, some moment of, of freedom from your day-to-day life to enjoy to experience something and to watch it and be a part of that, too. That, that brings joy to other people, too. It's not on the same level by any means. But it's still, it's still something that you're doing to, to maybe help someone that's not having a good day or someone that, that enjoys that or that's their moment where they, a father bonds with a son or, a, you know, those are moments or a family comes together that they haven't seen each other and they all meet at a BC game. Like, and you're part of that environment that brings them together. That's still pretty special. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. 
Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. No doubt about it. All right, three more games, Scott. Georgia Tech, Florida State Wake, Phil Dracovic on uh, starting. What do we know about the Yellow Jackets down in Atlanta? What what, what can we expect uh, this weekend, BC, Georgia Tech? Well, Georgia Tech's a young team. Uh, Jeff Sims is a you know an athletic quarterback. He can he throws the ball pretty well. Uh, we saw him last year when they came down here. BC got the best of them. Uh, they matured a little bit. They they gave Miami all they could handle down in Miami this past weekend. They've they've grown and they've matured as a team. Uh, anytime you go on the road, it's tough to it's tough to win in the ACC. So that's a, it's going to provide a challenge. I think BC is um, it's one of those things. I, I kind of said it during the broadcast. It's like the moment in Hoosiers where Jimmy Chidwood decided he was going to play. And he comes back on, the, and then the team just all of a sudden catches fire. And, right, they, they got all the, as Gene Hackman says in the movie, like all their pistons are firing and they're ready to go and make a run. And there's something special. And there's nothing to say that BC cannot make that run right now. Uh, you got your leader back. He's only going to get more and more healthy as the, you know, these last three games go on, and he's going to have more practice reps and have more confidence. And, you got to feel good uh, about them in this next game, and, and hopefully as the season goes on, I mean, and the other two games after this game. So uh, for me, it's it's something that you, you want to say the sky's the limit for these guys right now. Yeah, you're right. And eight wins, there's something about that. They haven't had eight wins in a long, long time. A lot of seven and five, six and sixes. I think eight wins would be a really good goal, eight and four I'm talking about. Right. I mean, I think uh, – that's something that's attainable. I think it's something they should shoot for. I think it's something they're not talking about because they're definitely focused on this game and Georgia Tech, and you, can, you can't really win three games in one game. So no doubt, no doubt. You just want to focus on Georgia Tech and going down on the road in a, in a place they haven't played in a long time and to be able to go and, and put a good, good effort on all three sides of the ball. And if they can do that, um, you know, then hopefully they can come out of there with a win. Oh, it's good segue. I love that BC has a player there in a while. You're right, and such a great setting downtown Atlanta, the skyline. Uh, some good eats too, Scott. What's your plan? Uh, what, what do you have for dinner or lunch uh, in Atlanta, Hotlanta? Uh, I got a bunch of different recommendations, so I'm going to weigh them out and see where we go. I got a couple recommendations for some people in the area, so hopefully we'll get some good spots, maybe by the hotel or somewhere close by we don't like to get too adventurous away from the hotel so uh, <laughs> uh we played down there in 98 we actually opened the year out that was my first uh start down in uh, there and we were able to beat them 41 to 31 in a game down there that was actually pretty exciting um nice. and a great start to our season in 98 and it's a it's a cool stadium it's right in the middle of atlanta so uh it, it'll be a great environment for them, and uh, you know, hopefully, BC can can go in there and p- continue to build on the effort that they ha- they had last week and uh, get some positive momentum. I think they deserve some. They, after all the injuries and everything that's happened, it's it's time that you know BC catches a little bit of luck on their side and starts getting on a little bit of a roll. I think the Varsity is a good spot down there. If I remember last time I was there, I don't know if you heard of that. The Varsity that might be a good spot to check out. All right, I'll do it. I'll think about it. <laughs> I think it's got some good hot dogs, hamburger-type place. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I'm in the hot dog. I'm definitely not looking for, like, a 
spit down gigantic steak meal. You know me, yeah. I'm more of a like I like a little more of the the local flair. I like a little more of the divey places that I get good food at. Um, that maybe a little bit off the beaten path. That's kind of what I. That's kind of my shtick. How does that go with your crew? That what is Meter and Cronin? Do they? Uh, what do they like? Does it mix well with you? Oh, the, yeah, we get along and Chotch as well. Like Chotch, we're, that's get along right. to go along. Meter Meter would go to like McDonald's or Buffalo Wild Wings or Steak and Shake. Like he would. <laughs> we don't let him make those decisions. Um, we just kind of force him to go where we're going and just make him uh, just be a part of the pack. Uh, but uh, you know, Pete. Chach and I do a pretty good job of reeling him in and uh, getting him to kind of come along. And uh, we have some good, uh, we have some good banter. We get some good stuff going. It actually, you know, we go over the game and kind of our thoughts. And it helps. It actually does help prepare us for the game. I think a lot where we we get a lot of our good talking points and things we really want to hit on and uh, some things that we noticed. There you go. Always fun. All right. Well, hey, have a great trip down there, and let's let's get another W. Keep the momentum rolling here for the Eagles. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it's another three thirty start. We're fi- BC's finally going to get their first twelve o'clock start next weekend against uh, Florida State. So it's, it's I, I'm not used to not playing these early games. We haven't played an early game all year, so uh, it's going to be interesting. That's it'd be fun. That'd be fun. All right. Well, we'll be listening. We'll be watching. It's uh, let's uh, get a W down Orlando. Thanks again, Scott, for the time. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.